What's poppin' world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse of Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary once again with a brand new review. And today is the first podcast where I literally have changed the name of my show to the podcast mercenary show. And it's a long time coming. I needed a rebrand. I needed to just change it to something more simple, more catchy. And since I, it is one of my monikers, I might as well just make it the title of the show. So there we go. Today, we're going to start off reviewing with the Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor 2022. It is the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view under the AEW banner and after the acquisition from Sinclair Broadcasting to Tony Khan hands directly he directly owns it it's not co-owned with his father for a percentage or anything he is the owner of it and this doesn't really change much because everyone who signed the ring of honor is signing an aw contract so you're they're still uh in coexistence it's pretty much what tony khan's vision of nxt was for wwe this is ring of honor is going to be their version of nxt for AEW. so a lot of these people that are going to be signed or you're just jumping to a ring of honor are those who are going to need a lot of training and just a lot of everything that you need just to be tv ready to be on dynamite rampage so that being said let's start the show uh the pre-show we had blake christian who is uh formerly from nxt and also on gcw uh he was actually been in indies for all this and he's going up against boom boom Cole Cabana, boom. <laughs> okay, so, and it was a good opener. Cole Cabana came out in his first ever ring jacket that he wore when he was signed to Ring of Honor 20 plus years ago. And it was one of those things where you're like, okay, callbacks, I love this. And, um, you know, it's it's the last show, per se, the swan song for the old Sinclair Broadcasting. But technically, it's not because it's the first show that AEW is actually putting on for the Ring of Honor brand. It's just the issue that this is the swan sign for anybody leaving Ring of Honor or not getting signed. So that being said, it's still up in the air who actually is part of Ring of Honor and who isn't, who's going to pop in and out because, you know, in the last week or so, I've seen a battle of belts by AEW and Dalton Castle popped up. I'm like, okay, so is this a tryout for him? Is he going to be signed? And after all this news, we have, well, let's just, let's just get to the, the card. So, this is a nice opener. Blake Christian's a high spot guy. Cole Caban is more of a comedic psychological wrestler, so he's messing with him the whole match. It's the senior versus the rookie. He's just playing around with him, and it was a lot of back and forth. And of course, Blake got some shit in and got some strikes. And and Colt, once he took him seriously, was able to put him out. And what a match this was. And just a lot of back and forth, a lot of crazy spots. And I think it was the last big spot was the uh, Manhattan Drop, I think it's called, or the uh, Chicago Skyline. There we go, Chicago Skyline. And it was like an avalanche version of this where he was like on the top and it was just looked like it hurt. I mean, definitely Blake Christian sold like a king. Like he was just like a dummy just (laughs) falling hard. And that was the one, two, three Colt Cabana wins. Uh, we move on where Miranda Alizé, former Ring of Honor uh, wrestler in the women's division, she, we don't know if she's signed or not, but she has also popped up in AEW Dark, and we have seen her there as well. So who's to say where she ends up down the road, but she hasn't been seen since, but this was definitely a nice show up for her. And she's going against new AEW signee AQA. I don't know much about AQA. I just know she's one of Booker's girls in uh, reality of wrestling down in Houston. So... If you want to know her work, YouTube, you can find all the reality wrestling down there. We can show the videos of previous matches. Just type in the wrestler's name. That's simple. 
It was all right. It was definitely not my favorite match. Miranda definitely is more seasoned in AQA. And AQA won this match because, let's just face it, whoever is winning these matches is AEW confirmed or AEW signed. And those who aren't, uh, their careers are kind of in limbo until further notice. So this whole card is like, okay, so obviously everyone in AEW is going to go over. One would think. But it was a competitive match. And... She has an amazing uh, shooting star press, this uh, AQA. But again, it was a standard match. I, I'm, I'm not even like rating these matches anymore. This this card was pretty much a big a swan song farewell tour for all those who thankfully were part of the Ring of Honor brand during the pandemic. And Ring of Honor honored their employees because they treated them like such and paid them during the pandemic, even when they were home. And because of such, they were losing money. And Sinclair Broadcasting had to cut its losses. I mean, it's a big corporation. They're billionaires. But if they're not seeing any revenue come in, they can't justify keeping going. So sorry, sad to say, it's the old regime's gone. But thankfully, a guy like Tony Khan was able to pick up the pick of the company and keep the name alive. Because let's be let's be honest, let's be capable 100. If WWE were to buy Ring of Honor, it would just be another tape library. They would do nothing with it, just like ECW. And that's not even like being biased. That's a fact. What have they done with the WCW name? Nothing. ECW name? Nothing. It's just something they can just put onto their infinity gauntlet of ownership. That's all it, it is to WWE. So I'm glad that somebody else was able to pick up the company and let the brand live and stay true to its form and it seems like tony khan has a big announcement coming up so i cannot wait i hope it's a ring of honor show slate and they finally got somewhere even if it's some streaming just until they can get it on tv or not we'll have to wait and see but that being said Miranda alizé aqa decent match and uh so let's move on to the next one and here we got cheeseburger and eli ism the shinobi shadow squad versus the gates of agony these are the new signing of the Tully Blanchard brand. Yes, the Tully Blanchard. Apparently he left, or actually he got fired by FCR on TV, and he had to go somewhere. So he's pretty much just going around. He's, you know what? I'll train some new guys then. So he got a new tag team in the form of Toa Leona and Khan. And these guys are beef E, Like, they are big guys. I mean, Toa Leona is a Samoan Puerto Rican, half and half. And then Khan is this Cameroonian fighter i guess he's actually royalty in cameroon i'm not sure if that's his kayfabe or that's real but these guys look like action figures and i like that they're new they're new faces but they're definitely older age they're not like young guys but khan was in ring bonner before totally i'm actually now familiar with so i'm glad they got picked up because they were standouts when they were on dark so definitely it's great to see them prosper with Tully blanchard who's a good wrestling mind it can get them molded and ready for when they do end on a rampage and, and dynamite down the road but Ring of Honor is a great place to be at and they dominated Cheeseburger and Eli like there was no this is one sided but it should have been because no offense Cheeseburger is like 100 pounds soaking wet and Eli is just normal size these two other men are behemoths they're like crazy big and muscular I'm like yeah we know how this match is going to go it's a squash and of course Gates of Agony who are now part of the Tully Blanchard Enterprise one and there's actually a missing third member who yeah Tully has not announced yet until the main show it's just to get people to watch a show because this is all part of the buy-in this is all the free youtube but to get people to really all right maybe now i'm curious who the third guy is we'll tune in to the pay-per-view in the last match the 
main event of the pre-show is Joe Hendry versus Dalton Castle. What a great one this was. I literally thought Joe Hendry was going to win this match. I did not think Dalton was going to win. Not that he wasn't a good wrestler in Ring of Honor, and not because of how he kind of is. I don't want to say comedic, but he definitely comes off flamboyant 80s style. But he can go. Like, Dalton Castle can go. It's just the fact that Joe Hendry is freaking Drew McIntyre huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't compare a guy that's six feet to a guy that's six six <laughs> and like 300 pounds of pure muscle. And he just dominated in the beginning of the match. But towards the end, Dalton Castle, mind you, with the boys, he had his boys there, uh, was doing his thing in this. And in the end, he was able to win and one, two, three, and pin Dalton Castle. Oh, uh, yeah, pin Joe Hendry. So this kind of like gave me the idea, all right? So, so far, AEW signees have won. And now that I watched Battle of the Belts, which I'm not reviewing because it was just such a quick little TV event, Dalton Castle popped up again. So I figured as much that Dalton Castle winning meant he got signed, and sadly, Joe Henry did not. But that's not the case because Joe Henry was a good standout. He's a good hand to have in this company. And if you're going to build a Ring of Honor, you got to have some of the Ring of Honor OGs. You cannot just rely on your AW talent. You have to have people that you want to still garner, even even though there is this thing that says all the Ring of all the AW fans are just former uh, Ring of Honor fans, and not necessarily. There were some diehard Ring of Honor fans who just stuck with Ring of Honor, and maybe with New Japan because they still have a working relationship at the time before the pandemic, and. Yes, uh, Castle was definitely growing. I mean, so was Matt Taven before he jumped ship to Impact. So there were names that are literally building the brand after the post-elite exit. So that being said, now we get to the main card, Ring of Honor Supercard 2022. Uh, first matchup is my favorite match of the night, Swerve Strickland versus Alex Zane. Now, if you ever seen an Alex Zane match, he was on 205 Live. I didn't get to see much of him. Uh, in Strickland, of course, we all saw in NXT, MLW, Lucha Underground as Killshot. Like, he's been everywhere, and he is flawless. Not, 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 not to knock Alex Zane at all, because Alex Zane is definitely growing on me. It's just, I, again, this match showed he can go, but it didn't show. I did not see, I'm not aware of who he is. I just know who he is from Twitter, but I've not seen many of his matches like that. But he definitely comes off as a character. And he looked like Slick Rick meets a freaking pirate. Like, this motherfucker was just dressed in, like, Kool-Aid red with some <laughs> with some blue. Like, his gear was, like, he just stood out. He had an eye patch. It wasn't just part of the gear. It was because, well, he had an eye injury. I believe he had, like, eye surgery recently. It's pretty gross because of an incident he had in a previous match. So he's all good now. But uh, him and Swerve Strickland had a great match. And, of course, the Jim Cornets of the world are going to hate it. I don't care. This match isn't for him. He doesn't like any, and it's not a, just a spot fest. I mean, you have your moments, but there was some good chain wrestling here. There was some good reversals. There was countering, pairing, whatever you want to call it. And everyone, both of them were trying to one-up each other. And this was a great testament to Swerve because he was in there looking like, making Zayn look like a million bucks. Not that Zayn was not polished yet, but it felt like he, again, eye injury the guys were both one good eye one bad eye so he's gonna be a little bit off but he was no he was hanging in there and i'm like okay so zane's trying to prove a point in the end swerve won because obviously he's already signed but again it doesn't mean that alex zane can't get signed a ring of honor 
is just the fact that he just popped in here randomly. Like, remember, this card had no build whatsoever. There's no Ring of Honor television. There's no anything. There was just a couple promos the night before, a couple days before. And, of course, it's happening during WrestleMania weekend, so a crowd's going to pop in. But it's not your typical Ring of Honor crowd. It's a WrestleMania crowd. So some of them are going to be aware with certain characters, and some of them are going to be clueless with who they are. They just want to be able to see more wrestling because you just happen to be in the area. But you don't know. Maybe there are fans, but... The fans I saw here were not your typical Ring of Honor fans. They were cold. They weren't that hot. They were medium at best. And this was such a banger of a match. And I not that I think they didn't appreciate it, but they weren't really aware with Alexander much or even maybe even uh, Shane, who was previously Isaiah Swerve Scott on SmackDown and NXT. But again, it was a solid match. It wasn't amazing, but it definitely has potential for a series of like two or three more matches with each other because these guys definitely hung in there and did their thing. And this match I'm going to rate uh, definitely a three and a half out of five. It was decent. I, I mean, as much as I enjoyed it, it, a lot of this card was literally put together. A lot of it. And this was a really great match, but there was just something missing. I don't know what it was. It, it, it had me in there engaged. But again, maybe this is because the first time Alex Zane and Shane Strickland were in the ring together, they probably haven't had much chemistry with each other, but it was a little bit above average. And that's a fair testament to it because there were some cool spots. I'm not going to lie. Like, oh, I, you know, I, I bet again, it wasn't to either of these gentlemen's levels yet of what they're able to do. So they were definitely, I don't say holding back, but they're definitely trying to read each other. Like this is like their first meetup, so they're trying to read each other. And just, I kind of wish they had a match prior to this, just because then you can really see the chemistry in the ring. So we move on next match. Ninja Mac, who has been killing the indie scene with his crazy martial arts versus Tully Blanchard Enterprises, third and final member. Who is it? Who better? The Machine, Brian Cage. I'm like, what? This is why Cage wasn't fired because, or sorry, let go because Tony Khan was going to sign to Ring of Honor. I'm like, okay, now it all makes sense. He needs he needs a big guy, a big heel guy in Ring of Honor. And who better than Brian Cage, who definitely can use some, uh, dare I say, TV time uh, to... He needs polishing. That's the word I'm looking for. He needs some polishing. And totally Blanchard on his side, he's going to do just fine. Uh, this was a squash match, a glorified squash match. Cage one, the end. Do I, must I say more? Like, why waste everyone's time? It's Ninja Mac put some good offense. He tried, you know, to jumpstart the match, but he got caught right away and got, uh, I guess, suplexed by the ring. It, again, it, it was it's cool and all that Ninja Mac looks fancy and he goes into the ring 100 miles an hour fighting anybody just going for the offense but at the same time you're not going to take out brian cage like this and brian cage is a very nimble guy he's very flexible and athletic for a big dude very uh, <laughs> i'm presuming okay so there you go with that and cage look good in the end they formed the faction here they're all part of the tully blanchard's enterprises and now we know what tully's doing he's got a faction down in ring of honor and hopefully he can get these guys polished up so they can be on tv down the road we'll have to wait and see uh, next matchup, Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was torn in the beginning because I like both these guys. Like Both these men are really good wrestlers. Uh, very similar. It's almost like Moriarty is like a mirror image of Jay Lethal 20 years ago. Um, it, again, it was another match that I'm, I, I, I liked. I enjoyed. 
and in the finish, Jay Lethal turned heel and low-blowed Lee Moriarty for the win because he got desperate. I like that little aspect of his character where he's been taking so many L's in AEW that he's losing his confidence, and now he can't even fight a simple rookie without <laughs> doing some such dastardly tactics. And, of course, Lee Moriarty's coach, Matt Seidel, who's currently on recovery from injury, goes in on his crutches and yells at uh, Jay Lethal for nothing because Jay Lethal attacks him and lets him be. And my gosh, this match was dope, 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 dope. I, I enjoyed it. It's just a good four out of five. This is one of those matches where, like, both men definitely fed off each other. They were both chain wrestling. They are both doing flips. Remember, they can do it all. Both of these guys literally can do it all. And it took some gusto for... Lee Moriarty to look so good compared to Jay Lethal, who, mind you, trained Jonathan Gresham, the current uh, Ring of Honor world champion. So definitely the pedigree of Lethal uh, showcasing this young lad, this young Lee Moriarty, just, uh, it was great. And I really appreciated that Lethal and, and Moriarty gave a pretty match. It could have just easily been a typical wrestling match with the, of course, heel turn to the finish. But no, they really put on a show for the audience. People were into it. And people wanted Moriarty to win because he was like the underdog in the match. And he was doing so well. And in the end, the dastardly heel turned and it took him out. Uh, so, yeah. Next matchup we have here is Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez for the interim Women's World Championship. Man, this thing was a banger of a match. It's so physical. Like Willow Nightingale, very 5'7 ish, probably height, right? A little bit above average than the average woman. But she is built like she is thick, but she's also built well. But she has like that very strong frame where she knows you could she could pounce you. And she did, did, did that in this. Mercedes definitely went flying a couple times. But Mercedes is a pro. Mercedes also like 5'7 or 5'8 in height. She's a tall lady and she's got some strength. So this was definitely a kaiju fight in the women's division. And I really thought Willow was going to win this because Mercedes looked almost out of it towards the middle of the fight because, again, Willow is younger and hits harder. So she's in there. Even though she comes off unassuming and bubbly, she definitely was bringing her A game. And, my gosh, it got the internet buzzing because I remember seeing her in Dynamite the following couple weeks in Boston and everyone was really into Willow. Mind you, she is a local, yes, but she's so good. And I hope to God that she gets hired for him on or AEW down the road because she is definitely one to keep your eyes on. Um, but yeah, Mercedes Martinez won, but barely. Like She got, I don't say squashed, but she got wrecked. And it almost looked a little too much of a shoot. Like, damn, how much, how much, <laughs> you know, how much can she go before she like passes out and it was definitely something to to see that the girls can bring it too. Like they weren't holding back. They were in there throwing hands. They were in there just keeping up with the boys and showing that they can hang as well. And I respected that. So this was definitely a 4.5 out of 5-star match for the, and as it should be, for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. For interim, because Dion Perrazzo is the women's champion, but she's on impact. They're still working out how that works out. And eventually down the road, it'll be Mercedes Martinez versus Deanna Peraza. So we move on to the match of the night. The match that everyone was talking about. The five-star banger. The Briscoes versus FTR. Wow. What a fucking match. These men went in there with so much buzz just from Twitter videos. Not even television. 
there is a little bit of an issue with the Briscoes being able to go to a Turner channel and pop up because some executive at Turner has read some of Jay Briscoe's old tweets from 2013. And we know how this rabbit hole goes. It's just annoying. It's just like Jay has changed a lot in the last 10 plus years. Okay. He's a lot of things. Ignorant, redneck, sure. But he's definitely changed his ways. He's grown as an adult. I would like to see the Briscoes on Turner TV television if, if they can work it out. But there are people who are vouching for them, people from the LBGTQ community who actually say they're really good guys and they're not who they used to be per se. And again, people can change, especially over a freaking decade. Like, come on, this is some bullshit. But again, cancel culture, how the way it is. They're just trying to nip it in the bud before they get without even giving proper context. Like, oh, we saw some bad tweets from 10 years ago. I'm like, let me tell you something. You're gonna see some bad tweets from me two days ago, let alone fucking 10 years ago. I, I'm a pretty blunt guy, but I'm also kind of a dickhead on social media. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like making dark jokes a lot. And sometimes they, they land, sometimes they don't stick. So it is what it is. But at the end of the day, they're jokes. What Jay said wasn't a joke, and I'll never undermine that. He made some really heinous anti lbgq comments yes but apparently people in the wrestling world who are lbgq themselves can vouch for them like hey they're not who they used to be then who are we to judge they got forgiven they said they're sorry years ago but again jay said he was sorry again recently like but this is taken away from the match this is literally the focus that i don't want to put on the focus i want to put on is the banger of a match that the briscoes as their farewell match against ftr this was built for six godforsaken months right because we, again briscoes were in limbo and there were so many podcast interviews like hey what's gonna happen if when tony khan signs their permission slips so the briscoes were the current ring of honor tag team champions and ftr who are currently the triple a lucia tag champions went in there and they had a five-star classic as it should have been. FCR and the Briscoes are amazing. These guys are what tag team wrestling is and should be. Hard hitting, um, cohesive, but also you can put in some spots here and there for sure. For, for Flair, you can put some spots. Absolutely. I'm not anti-spots. I'm not like here to call everybody a spot monkey just because they, all they do is spots. No, I enjoy spots if they make sense to the story. The psychology in this match made sense. The match was amazing, and I'm glad to see this kind of wrestling in 2022 because tag team wrestling outside of AEW has been booty butt cheeks. Now, not to say every company is like that. I'm just talking about those up in Stanford. WWE's tag division non-existent, male or female. Impact still has one of the best women's tag divisions, hands down. And of course, you got New Japan out there too. They have a great tag division. But it seems with the big two in America, one is pro tag team and one is anti tag team, only for convenience sake during big pay per views. But aside from that, they don't really care for them. And that's why FTR left because they want to be taken seriously. They want tag teams to mean something, not just throw two people together and hope for the best. Like, no, they want some chemistry when you're a partner. Like, they actually, it matters who you tag with. And these guys put a banger of a match. And again, five stars, flames, the whole thing. Uh, and then Mark Briscoe surprised me because I'm not familiar with Mark Briscoe's background. I didn't know he was a former Marine. He has some martial arts background. His character is a tough guy. But because he comes off kind of goofy on social media, you know, Jay's a more serious guy. And Mark's just like unassuming. Again, don't underestimate your opponent. When him and Dax had it back and forth, Mark was looking strong there. And 
of course, Dax and Jay had their own squabble, so they were more of a hockey fight, but when they were both together. Uh, Dax, in their hand, was actually getting his ass handed a couple times, and, da- and, and Cash is usually the guy that goes in there and he's just, you know, really putting all the, the work in as far as, like, offense, because he's the tandem guy. He's a more nimble guy. He can actually do a 450, spl- uh, 450 splash if you ask him to, but he doesn't, for the sake of what FCR stands for, they're not big flip guys. But... It looked like everybody was getting the advantage of each other, which I kind of appreciated. Like, they knew each other's tricks. They saw each other's film. Back and forth was just like, oh, I know you're going to go for this. and I'm going to go for that. They read each other like books, and that made it more interesting because of that. And that's why, in the end, when FTR beat the Briscoes, it was a huge deal. The uh, FTR bowed and shook the Briscoes' hands, and it was like one of those moments where you're just like, man, you guys are the best. And then post-match, you get the Bucks popping in, kind of the big heels here. You're like, hey, remember us? We're the guys that left Ring of Honor in the dirt, started a new company, promotion in AW. And they're just healing it up. And then, you know, in the end, you got the Bucks. The Briscoes are there, like, just whatever, because they're gone. I think they moved on to Impact. So at least they're working. And FCR is like, okay, you want to go? Next week, let's go, because... Young, the Young Bucks went there to challenge FTR for both tag belts, AAA and the Ring Water belts, on the next Dynamite, which happened to be in Boston where I was. And again, that was an amazing match on its own. But yes, this was definitely a nice setup for a new feud. And I'm glad to see that FTR is finally getting their roses. They're getting treated like they're actually what they're worth. And all this about the, oh, they're getting lost in the shuffle. Like, no, now they're getting they're highlighted. And I'm glad to see this happening. So. That being said, no more can be said about this. It's a great match and great build. Uh, we move on to the next match, which is Red Titus versus Minoru Suzuki for the TV title, Ring of Honor TV title. This is good. Red Titus, a good you know guy that's been there in Ring of Honor for a long time. And Minoru Suzuki, the freaking king, you know, pro wrestling. This guy was the one of the best mixed martial artists in this era, and he's definitely one of the toughest guys in Japan. He's got the Suzuki Goon faction. He's definitely known across the world, and I think this is kind of a farewell tour because he's getting up there in age. You know, he's not a young man anymore. He's up there in his 50s, and he's trying to get as many good matches in. And Red Titus definitely did not hold back. Had a great match with Suzuki. But Suzuki had stronger offense for sure. And in the end, Suzuki won his first ever uh, this is awesome. He won his first ever U.S. title in his entire career. And I think it's due to the fact that he's always based out of Japan and not stateside. But it's great that he got some, again, giving Suzuki his roses. Felt bad for Red Titus because he was a great TV champion Ring of Honor. And he definitely uh, impressed me in the previous Ring of Honor pre-review. I'm like, oh, this guy's got something. He's part of the foundation, part of uh, Jonathan Gresham's faction. Definitely something to look at. And um, but sadly, he lost. And then Suzuki is now your new... Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Uh, this match was, I'd say, about uh, three and a half, to be fair. Suzuki was in there demolishing right towards the end, and uh, but it was it wasn't bad. Next up for the pure title, Josh Woods, the current pure champion, versus Wheeler Yuta. Mind you, at this point, Yuta's build is in the not in the beginning, but it was moving forward. My gosh, Yuta showed out. Now, a pure match is different than your regular wrestling match because you're going to get three rope breaks, and it is by submission, I believe, only. And my gosh, these guys are wrestled, wrestled. It was great because Josh Wood's former MMA guy, 
And um, it's awesome that he is a tall. I mean, he's a, he's average height, six feet, right? A little bit above average, but he's definitely looks apart. Like this is a guy who's a real life shooter shooting in pro wrestling. How how much better can it get? And he's got this fierce look to him, even though he's a pretty boy. But he's definitely got a fierce look to him. And then you got Wheeler Yuta, who was this young underdog who was one of the best friends, trying to show up for the Blackpool Combat Club that he can hang with them. And in the end, Yuta wins. It was a great bout. This is a good four-star match here. Uh, my gosh, Woods definitely looked strong, and even though he was putting this guy over, but he looked like he was dominant in the beginning. But towards the end, Yuta was able to pull out a win and, and, and become the new Ring of Honor PR champion. Which is a great look because now he's going to go back to AEW with that belt and like, oh, snap, this is legit. It's official. We're actually pushing you to now. This is dope. And yes, if you look at today, if you watch the recent wrestling shows, he's been really been put over in a good way. And this is a great build because you was a guy that was kind of lost on the show for the past few months. And now they're really focusing on him. Like, okay, I see what they're trying to do here. And it's it's good. Let's go. Let's go on the Utah train. Because this guy is over like Rover. Okay. The next match. Jonathan Gresham, the main event, versus Bandido. Both are Ring of Honor champions. Bandido got COVID and couldn't go to the last pay-per-view, so Gresham became the interim champion by beating Jay Lethal, his mentor. And that was a great match right there. I saw him like, man, this is such an awesome show. Um, but Bandido and Gresham had a decent match, where the thing is, the Chavo Guerrero, after getting fired by Andrade, he is in Ring of Honor as Bandito's new manager. I'm like, all right, I dig this. But for nothing, because, again, Chavo likes to cheat. He was trying to get a cheat win and hit Gresham with the belt. And no, uh, Bandito threw him out. The first time in history, some guy throws their own damn <laughs> manager coach out of the ring. And, yeah, Chavo, you're fired again. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Mind you, after this guy had an explosive episode on social media that Tony Khan didn't ghosted him and fired him or whatever it was he gets brought back to just get fired again I'm like this is rich this is awesome <laughs> but yes um who won in the end Gresham is now your current ring of honor world champion and I love Gresham mind you he is a shorter man but I never held that against him because he is a, a submission specialist and when you're underground you're both the damn same height Gresham the Octopus, this guy definitely wasn't holding back. Beats Bandido. He is now your new world champion. But what happens in the end? You get Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt come back out to attack Gresham. First, it was Jay Lethal who turned, he just turned heel. Sanjay Dutt came out to separate him to then also turn and become heel. And then they're both, they're making fun of a. Oh, battered and beat up already Jonathan Gresham who's on the floor you know holding both titles and hold them up and who pops in in the end a surprise none other than the Samoan submission machine Samoa Joe Samoa Joe's back in Ring of Honor with a banger of a damn entrance music and he's in there to challenge Jay Lethal. And my God, this moment had me like, holy shit, I cannot wait for this to happen. Mind you, Joe hasn't been on TV in over a year because of his, I don't know, concussion or something health-related on NXT. He was fired from WWE, brought to NXT to help them kind of like in between the 2.0 era and the previous era 
to kind of be the backstage role. And then he gets fired again. My same time Lethal gets fired. Uh, I mean, not Lethal, sorry. Same time <laughs> Regal gets fired. And I'm like, my gosh. So him and Lethal are now in the in, in a program together. I'm like, this is epic. This is Ring of Honor royalty here. Duking it out for a feud here. And I'm like, I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. And uh, Yeah, man. This was a great way to end the show. Mind you, this show was not intended to build anything it was definitely a swan song for the old regime and also it's the first thing that tony khan did a ring of honor because he's like i just bought this company but these people pay for these tickets to be and wrestlemania weekend mind you tony khan is would not want to continue to do wrestlemania weekends with ring of honor but he's like with the fans already having this and still the ring of honor is going to be there he's like why am i going to mess with this as long as aw is not trying to compete with WrestleMania because he does not want to get he doesn't want any success off the coattails of WWE so he doesn't want to piggyback off WrestleMania to make his own counter show because it's not what he envisions he doesn't want to just counter produce whatever WWE is doing he wants to focus on his own products so Ring of Honor is like you know what it's more of a again like developmental for them now so it's but that's not a big deal but he might bring it back to WrestleMania weekend. I'm like, yeah, why not? It's it's definitely like on the level of a GCW, PWG. Like, you know, Ring of Honor had some TV time, but it was never consistent. It, I mean, it has a brand name. It has a loyalty, of course, to it. Like, it has something of a established legacy. Absolutely not, not knocking that down. It's just in comparison to the big two. And, the, and I mean, even Impact isn't up there anymore. So you got a lot of competition from coming from everywhere globally. New Japan, All Japan, NOAA, whatever it's called, the... Uh, um, AAA CMLL right now is I don't know what they're doing they're probably rebuilding they're probably I don't even know what they're going up to they're letting everybody go too but again it is great to see the wrestling world still thriving outside of WWE so there is a future for those and it's not just bingo halls you're going to still be doing big shows and getting your name out there and growing and focusing on your craft the art of the craft is what everyone loves to do and Again, Ring of Honor is definitely... I've, I'm a fan of it. I've been to a Ring of Honor show. It was my first wrestling show ever. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to go to more shows. I mean, if they come back to the little auditorium again, I'm going to be the first one buying tickets there. So I can't wait to see what Ring of Honor's future has for it. Tony Khan definitely has it in the right directions with the right people there. Keeping some OGs, but also bringing in some AEW talent you already have signed. Genius. You know, already use the guys that are are there and probably just in catering trying to wait for their shot put them on ring of honor a lot of them need guys and girls like we both need some reps in so they can get better they're not going to get better wrestling once a week they need to really get some matches in and hopefully ring of honor is that platform where they can get a lot of matches and and develop characters develop promo skills develop ring awareness everything become perfect wrestlers for cable tv down the road so that being said this has been another review from the Podcast Mercenary Show. I am the Podcast Mercenary, Christian Joe Ramos. Signing off till next time. Thank you for tuning in. As always, take care. Have a great day and stay safe out there. All right, peace.